a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Welcome back to The Grind, a church planning podcast featuring practical tips, missional strategies, and personal stories to bring you insights and encouragement. Coming to you fresh from Little Rock, here's your hosts, Dave McClung and Neil Scoggins. Welcome back, everybody, to The Grind. We're glad you decided to come back and join us. <laughs> We're glad you decided to come yeah, back. Yeah, as if you really had a choice. <laughs> yeah, Neil and I have been working our hoodoo that we do to, to force you to come back, even against your will. Look at you. There you go. I was wondering where all that dust was at the threshold of the door. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought the cleaning people just forgot to come down here. That's right. That's right. Well, this is this is the green dungeon. Yeah. It is. Down here. It is. Well, yeah, it's the green and blue dungeon right yeah, now. They, yeah, they and got something going they on. They repainted these walls. These used to be green too. Really? And yeah, it was green. You know everywhere. what? It was. Yeah, yeah, my head doesn't hurt as much. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> yeah. If you're colorblind, it's just gray. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. It's just one color. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh-uh. Oh man, we're glad to be back and glad you joined us. I'm, uh, I'm official now, Dave. <laughs> You're official? I'm, I'm official. Oh, that's right. Hey, Neil is wearing his brand new handy dandy. Handy dandy. Doesn't look like it's even been ironed yet. Yeah, it had, No, it wasn't. Grind I, shirt. I tore it right out of the plastic <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm going full on yeah. today. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And I'm taking it to the cleaners after this, though. But, that's uh, awesome. Try not to waste some mustard on it. Yeah, there you go. I love it. I love it. So he's official. So uh, we, were, we were just sitting here talking before and we are actually... Uh, officially about to start our fourth year of the grind, Man. and uh, that is just wow. the weirdest thing. It's yeah, that is because I didn't think that after like the third episode that it. Would, I know <laughs> who in their right mind has yeah. allowed us to do this that's for this it. long. That, yeah, yeah, that was that's the, crazy. The key is that they're not in their right mind. That's, so, <laughs> thank God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> thank that's the right. Lord on that that's one right. for real. So uh-uh. so anyway, we are we're excited to be back, and uh, we've got uh, the one, the only Sam Dula Sam. with us from Charlotte, North oh, Carolina. Man. And drinking a huge jug of water, dude. That's like a that thing. Is, that's a that's a for real jug of water there, man. Like, he took yeah, that off man. of one of those break room things, didn't he? I mean, no straw or anything. Just, just grabs just, the barrel and just drinks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but here's something about Sam, though. I think Sam didn't you run track? Didn't you with basketball? Basketball. There you go. Sam played basketball back in the day. So, So, okay. So we had Milton Campbell on, uh, me and Tim Wolf, and uh, found out that Milton held a a world record for a little while in track. Any any records in basketball for you? Uh, You know? Not at all. (laughs) With the penal system. (laughs) <laughs> Those are the only records I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, my wife would kill me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played. That's all I'm hey, well, the only reason Milton doesn't have that is because he was faster than everybody. And that's right. <laughs> he didn't get away. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that man. the that's penal that's system that's and that Prince record they had a long time ago. Yeah, that was on the record. But oh, Sam is good. the Sam is the sin trainer for the North, East, South, and something over there at that part of the region of the country. Uh you're gonna yeah, have to clear that yeah. up for me, dude, because I, I couldn't remember yeah. all that. <laughs> No, totally so cool. make make totally. that clear, because I was just muddy through all of that. Yeah, just talk, talk about <laughs> no. talk about your whole church planning journey, and then cap it off with Neil's botching of and the Sin right. Network that's the training right. stuff. Right. Yeah. No man, no again, man. I can't thank you guys enough for the opportunities, man. I've, I've like I said, I've all. Anytime we get to connect with guys who are even discussing church planning, I'm I'm just count me in a conversation. Yeah, Super excited. My my church planning journey actually started. I probably was, I would probably only been in the faith maybe three or four years. This was way back in the um, early nineties. Mm-hmm. I was a rising junior, senior in in college, and had 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 become a part of a campus ministry led by a guy by the name of Wellington Boone. And Wellington Boone was doing a lot of work with 
uh, historically black colleges and universities mm-hmm. with his campus ministry at the time and was leading a church ministry there in um, Virginia and just had this vision of helping start these little churches where there were campus ministries. And so it was a brilliant vision. And, and early on, I was um, kind of just going along with the ride and not really clueless of what I was doing, clueless of what God would you know, ultimately do through it. And so from that, from those early days, it's still a college student, just kind of helping out, you know, set up chairs and break down and load equipment, that whole thing, to eventually moving with a team of people to Atlanta in 1995, I think it was, to start a church where I became a youth pastor for like nine years, then eventually meet the Heidi Lewis, you know, where I came on to help plant Blueprint Church. They got sent out of Blueprint Church, you know, three or four years later, plant Perimeter Point Church in North Atlanta. And so the bug bit me early, man. Yeah. Now I'm serving with the North American Mission Board, um, specifically the SIN Network Trainer, um, where I take church planters, really more so taking um, trainers to, plant, to, to, to train the church planters. And so I oversee the Northeast as well as the South, making sure that those who are training the church planters receive all the things that they need, make sure that they're trained properly, make sure that they get the information that they need when it's, you know, when it's ordered in a timely fashion. So yeah, that's kind of my role, man. And you know, it's so so funny. People ask me, so, you know, what made you want to get into church planting? I said, listen, I didn't land on church planting. Church planting landed on me. (laughs) I did not not look for it. I did not pray it. I did not know. It was one of those things that, the more you're around it, the more you start discovering your own passion and yeah. interest and for people. And just before you know it, it's a niche. And yeah. so, or call to say more so than a niche. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of been my journey. Yeah, that's exact same for me. That's a great way to put it. Because I was, I've, I've been here at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention for 15 years now, which is hard to believe oh, in and of itself. Wow! But I started out doing discipleship in small groups, and then we linked up with a good buddy of mine to plant City Church in Little Rock uh, back in 2008, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that was my first foray into church planting. You know, I'd really? been reading a, l- a few books, but you know, just uh, just in a conversation with Darren. Uh, uh, he didn't have a clue that we had been wrestling with kind of ecclesiology and how the who the church was and how it was supposed to be in the community and and what we're yeah. seeing there just had to be something more something different and we found that yeah. in church planning you know to to have a clean mm-hmm. slate and to be able to put anything on it mm. uh, was yeah. just so yeah. appealing to yeah. us and yeah. so we started that in June of 2008 and then in March of 2009 our missions team leader came and said, hey, I want you to come do this new position, church planning, really try and connect with the younger, more innovative, creative guys and create some space in our convention because we had too many young guys leaving the SBC yeah. and planting yeah. with other networks yeah. that should have been with us. And yeah. uh, and so yeah. that was that was eleven, almost 11 years ago. Dude. And, uh, and it, that same thing, man, it just kind of fell in my lap and God said, this is what mm-hmm. I've been preparing you for. And uh, yeah. here we go. So, how, how did you explain yeah. that whole church planning language? I tell Dave all the time. Stephen Bell and I would talk about we were feeling something, yeah. but we had no language yeah. for what we were mm-hmm. feeling. So when you and it may have been a little different for you because you were around a guy that was already church planting and kind of putting that. How do you explain that? We were talking about this earlier. How do you explain that to guys that feel something but don't have the language for church planting? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you would ask that because I, I do think, especially early on, um, you know, I was just kind of going along with the flow, but I always had to explain, especially like to my parents and people, you know, what, are you, what is it that you do? And like, <laughs> we are starting a church, you know? And so even with that, it was like, well, why? There's enough churches. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you need to pick the ones that are already open instead of trying to start a new one. And I think what really helped me kind of explain, especially as it became more of something that I wanted to own, um, was this whole thing of, man, there's a lot of lost people. And the more and more I engage with them, the less, the, the more, the more confident I become that they need an environment with them in mind. Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't necessarily like, let's do more cool music as much as, I mean, again, you're talking about a good 15, 20 years into this thing now. 
So churches are now probably thinking a little more about the loss than they were two years ago. Yeah. And it became more about the Sunday gathering and service. How do we, you know, continue to do this with this group of people where they're, you know, lost people all over the place yeah. that are just looking for opportunities for them to, you know, not just discover, you know, more about what God wants for them, but really find a people that can love and trust and journey with them in the midst of their darkness. So, yeah, so yeah I just, you know, it became more, far more an evangelistic thing for me, especially around the dialogue, just to say, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, we're going to start something because there's this group of people that we have a burden for. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah, it just kind of turned into that. Now, how, still, how, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought there. I, I was gonna say, I just think it's still such a unique phenomenon for a lot of people. It's yeah. Christian. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Christians are still trying to catch up to the beauty of multiplication as opposed <laughs> right. to hey, come fix these churches that are, you know, broken and struggling financially or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how long have you been at NAM now, uh in your in your current role? <clears throat> uh this is my fourth year. Okay. 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 So how many yeah, how yeah. many planters do you think you have probably trained now in your four years there at NAM? Wow. Planters? Oh man. What's weird is that, you know, before I took the role with NAM, Jahadi had started kind of like this um thing called rebuild where we were finding church planters who were trying to, you know, do work in an urban context. Mm-hmm. And really started, you know, from doing small, you know, um, moments where we could just come and, you know, kind of brain dump on a particular cause or, you know, starting to build community. That started like in 2011. Yeah. And so from then up until now, man, I don't know, man, maybe a couple of hundred, I would guess. Yeah. Um, wow. And it's, and, it's, and it's really just been one of those things where, you know, we were just doing up until last year, Boulevard cohorts, where we would bring about eight planting couples together and walk them through a curriculum that had been designed around the Heidi Lewis's book, Among Wolves. Right. So if we just looked at those alone with the people who were just in my region, you're talking about well over 50 to 75 planting couples. Yeah. So, uh, you know, before then, so I know, yeah, yeah. It's, but but what's weird, what's, what's, what's weird about this whole thing is just, you know, Kind of coming alongside church planners, um, I've probably felt more, or I should say more. I probably felt just as much energy talking guys out of church planning <laughs> as I have been talking guys into. Yeah. Church oh yeah. <laughs> I'd yep. rather be able to talk you out of it. <laughs> yeah. And just say, hey, let's just link up with someone who's already doing something, land somewhere at an established church that you know, a little more aligned with the way, you know, with some of the things you ultimately want to do. I've gotten just as much energy and fulfillment out of helping guys see that there's something, you know, different that God has for them instead of church planning. Because I don't want to say, man, we, we, we've had enough, you know, experience, or just experiment, yeah. where people have been hurt. <laughs> right, right. <yeah. laughs> In the body of Christ, because it was just a bad fit. You know right, what I'm saying? Exactly. So, so yeah, if we look at those conversations, it's probably well over two hundred. But I think this it's been one of those things of just being able to, you know, I'm, I I just feel like more than anything else, I'm into building the kingdom in whatever way God would allow me to build the kingdom. You know, sign me up. I yeah. mean, so this is one area where I just get a lot of energy and passion. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Other than talking people out of, because, you know, that's the biggest thing to try to talk somebody out of doing it because they think it's cool. It's glamorous. It's all on yeah. TV. You get to wear skinny jeans and get a tattoo. And, uh, <laughs> right, you know, that's. Right. The, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's ugly. I'm yeah, the, well, yeah, there you go. Ain't nothing skinny about my jeans. No, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> no, I'm about a fat jeans. <laughs> we still on the husky. I'm just doing yeah. the husky right now. <laughs> you remember the husky? Because C yeah. Sears had that husky brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, but people think that it's nice and it's fun and it's glamorous. Other than than guys just not fit and fitting, you know what they were doing. What are some of the other challenges that you see that are just common? That other than mm-hmm. hey, you know, across what? the board. Yeah, just across the board, mm-hmm. where you can just see, you know what? 
here are five things that I know that that are just major challenges with these guys that are starting in the church planning. I think what, what always comes to mind, especially with um, guys with a limited network, the first thing they think about is money. Mm. Um, because oftentimes I think that the thing of doing church planting, like it almost irritates me to be very candid with you, brother. <laughs> I feel like so many, so many guys feel like they have to be full time. Yeah. Oh man. Church planting. And this has to be my full time job to get people together on a Sunday gathering. This has to be my, you know, 60, 70, $80,000 a year salary, yeah. you know, in order to do this work. And, and that's probably the, that's, that's usually ranking right up at the top, whether it's guys who are, in an urban context or suburban context, right at the top is the finances. And so yeah. being able to take care of their families is one of the challenges. Then they'll, they'll try to figure out and make sure that their wife is on board. Um, mm, because yeah. oftentimes the wife is saying, hey, you know, we need this, that, and the third for our family, and you're trying to do this call of God. And that tension that, that, that oftentimes, you know, um, is a very real tension. And for me, you know, it's almost like the deal breaker for me. I'm like, okay, oh, there yeah. is a thing called Timothy 3, Titus 1. Yep. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, she's not the devil. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, she may be, but yeah. that doesn't mean she's wrong. Yeah, that's, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she could be the devil or you could be the devil. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Man. Yeah. I, uh-uh. think that, you know, I think the finances, I think, I, you know what? What I really kind of just think about all the, potential challenges that most have something to do with their household. You know, yeah. whether it's enough money that's coming in, whether it's their, the wife is on board, whether or not the amount of time that that is required to, you know, I mean, because church planning is like a, you know, you, you don't have really any days off. You always start right. thinking about something, you know, rolling something over in your head. And the reality of the situation is, I don't care how close your friends are or how close your teammate is, or your teammates or the people who said that they're with you, you're really the only person thinking about this thing 24 seven. Right. No yep. one else. That's is, right. No one else has this on their radar. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Sunday morning, one o'clock in the afternoon, most of your team's going to want to go watch, you know, football or do what, you know what I'm saying? Like this, all those other things. So, and, and that's, that's stuff that, that's stuff that planters have to take home with them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? All those stressors, they have to take all that stuff home with them and then vent to a wife who's not ready either not on board or halfway on board. So I just feel like there's, there's a lot of stuff that have directly to do with them as leaders, but also them as leaders of home, yeah. family, that oftentimes can be the real deal break. Yeah. And then you have some other things like competency. You have some other things like making sure that theologically they're aligned. Yeah. Um, and then probably the, what the, the other big thing for me is, are you evangelistic enough to see the needs of your community prior yeah. Then you know, it, it, are the needs of your community and the people in your community more important than pulling off an effective Sunday gathering? Yeah, because oftentimes we yeah. want to put the gathering and can give three rips about what the people are suffering with or what the challenges are in the community. And so I feel like those elements are you know conversations that oftentimes planters don't really think about. They just like the 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 glamour that goes along with being able to say I'm a church planter and we got this number coming on Sunday morning right. and whatever that number looks like, none of the people are, that are in the community that are lost, even though you exist. Right. So, right. So, so those kinds of things yeah. man, that I can hear over and over. Well, and, and everything you mentioned there, I mean, that's across the board, regardless of context, there regardless of model, that's right. regardless of location, you know, your, your household, the, all those household issues, I'm right there yeah. with you. I, you know, it's going yeah. to be at the top of the list. Evangelistic passion. If you don't have evangelistic passion for people in your community, you're not going to grow a church. No, you're just you're not, not going to. Not. And uh, and so, and then everything else is kind of secondary to those things. If you're mm-hmm. if you're being Absolutely. faithful to the Lord and being faithful to your family, yeah. then yeah. then you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. absolutely. Because there are but skills then, you know that can be people- learned. But those two yes. things, you know, got to yes. be there. Yes, absolutely. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Dave, but here, here's what I found to be the the conversations that I'm oftentimes in with planters that that really strike 
I don't know. It's like it's like the thing. It's like the nails. Y'all remember in the um, old school days they had actually chalkboard plastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we remember that. Yeah, we remember the chalkboards. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Most of our audience does yeah. not have no idea what we're talking about. Chalkboard. Yeah. What's a chalkboard? <laughs> Yeah, is that electronic? Exactly. <laughs> Can I print it out exactly. when I write it? Yeah, yeah. But, but you, you think about how you know the whole fingernail going down the chalkboard mm. irritating thing is, right? So for me, when I hear planters who are more satisfied, or church planters, pastors who are more satisfied of seeing people land at their church from other flocks as opposed to actually doing the real work of an evangelist in the mm. community. That is that that is that's that chalkboard moment to me yeah. because I feel like if that's really all that there is to church planning, then yeah, everybody should be doing it if you you know want to see that happen. But the real work really is you know the time in prayer and time looking at the needs of the community and the time of building the relationship, doing the work of the evangelist and allowing it to you know um, be an organic growth. And so yeah, yeah. yeah that's. That's that's just kind of where where my passion is when it comes to training church planters. Yeah, I'm just curious, man. Have you like in training? Because you know the train the trainer is pretty. That's that's cool stuff. Yeah, I mean it's real cool. Dave went before and he was telling me, man, because Dave has ADD, DD, DD. <laughs> He's just got ADD. That's two of us, Dave. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> hey, we got to stick together, brother. Man, yeah. So, but da- but before I went, Dave said, "Hey, man, the day went by so fast," and I'm thinking, "Man, it's awesome, all the stuff that we did." But have you realized? Have you come in contact in the last couple of years? You you're in the middle of training. And, you know, we're doing these exercises and we're breaking out. And it is clear to you that there is a guy there that is like, you know what? He ain't got it. <laughs> this dude is not getting it. He yeah. may be smart. He may be saved. He's going to heaven, but he's not going to heaven from the place of a church plant. <laughs> so what? how do you, you know, from a from a. um from a training perspective, from a leadership perspective, how do you approach that that conversation? Or do you even approach it during the train the trainer or right after? I mean, you know, when when you guys are talking after the <laughs> after the training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a great question, man. Now, now, but let me let me be let me be let me clarify some things real quick. In train the trainer, there, there's there's a lot of how do I say it? There's a lot of buffers to make sure that whoever's in the room of the train, the trainer. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Basically, you're going to be training the church plans. Right. And so we, by the time they get to us or in our gatherings for, for that particular retreat, they're supposed to be there. I mean, there's all these other checks and balances. Like you got to be recommended and you got to make sure that you take a, an assessment and all those things. But when it comes to traits, actually the church planning curriculum itself and making sure that the church planter is is there and so here's what happens man um because I, I think your your question neil is spot on church planters oftentimes can 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 say the right things to an assessment mm-hmm. now we're, we're getting better as a as a as the network we're getting better when it comes to finding those church planters who really are supposed to be in there and assessing them correctly but over the last several years man we, we we've been catching up and so, yes, we've had plenty of times where, you know, both the husband and the wife have been in the setting of training and they both just have the, the, the glazed over look on their faces and, you know, the real conversation is time to have that come to Jesus meeting. And so, um, but typically what we've done and what I've done specifically is, um, in training church planners, we usually have like eight sessions. And out of those eight sessions, we, we you know, four of those, well, actually, I'm sorry, yeah, out of those eight sessions, four of those, the wives are usually in um, a part of the training. And by that fourth one, like, we'll, we'll do, and so by that fourth one, um, it'll be her second time coming. Um, we'll, we'll start talking, you know, through some other real things that they have to do. And um, after that fourth one, literally, as we're dismissing, we'll have some conversations to be like, hey, can you come over here for a second? And literally just had that conversation with both the husband and the wife. And sometimes, I, I think maybe twice, I've had I've been fortunate enough to have my wife there yeah. with me That's to good. be talking to the planting wife uh, while I'm talking to the planting husband. 
But um, but yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's never an easy conversation. No. Um, but but I think initiating it gives the planter, you know, the opportunity to be like, you know what, man, you're right. This ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks <laughs> for know? giving me an out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think because if you think it's hard now, yeah, bruh, it, it's only going to get tough, and and so. So yeah, it, it's never easy, but um, I'd much rather have that conversation long before they start planning, hey, we're going to do it Sunday mornings, and we've been going for the last two years or whatever it is. And then you have to say, dude, you know what? This is this is not a bad configuration for you or your family, or you're just not the right guy. You hate you hate for it to get to a point where it's already started, and then they come to that reality. Yeah. But um, having that conversation in those trainings, it's never easy, but yeah. It's really worked out when I've had my wife there with me. Yeah, man. That's been a win. That's been a win. Yeah, especially to speak to the planners' wives. And and typically, you know, and I would guess this is probably, you know, par for the course across across the board. Most of our wives are junior Holy Spirits anyway. And so men are stubborn, yes. they're intuitive. Yep. And so they figure that yes. out that this is not a good thing before we do. Yep. Cause yes. we're dumb. Yes. We are. <laughs> and, uh, we are. And they're honest. Yeah. yeah. And, there you go. Uh, yes. Yes. And so, uh, so. yeah. So, I, so I always love getting in the assessments. And, you know, one of the things I do more often than not is, is, is watching the wives. I want to see man. body language. It's hilarious. I, I'm telling you, man, there's a couple of times yes. I'm like, oh, she is not on board. <laughs> I don't care what you say. She is not on board yes. with this. And yeah, uh, I, yeah, had, I had one wife yeah. tell me one time, I said, well, you know, what do you, cause I was sensing this. I said, well, what do you think about this? And she said, oh, this is my deal. That's all his deal. Uh-uh. And yeah, I was like, well, uh, well, this is not going to work. It does. <laughs> wow. yeah. Or you have the planter that knows the words to say. Oh, yeah. And the wife is like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to sabotage this. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm, I promise you, I had, there was a wife. She said in the middle of the assessment, so when do we get paid? Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, wow. thanks. <laughs> thanks yeah. for playing. Wow. <laughs> night, night. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, was... but you know what, though, man? I mean, part of that, if, if, if I'm totally candid with you guys, I'd much rather have more of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. With a hard conversation that's had long before any real Love loss or people loss or, you know, hearts are broken. If it's right there in that assessment time or even the pre-assessment time where couples can get the real, hey, man, you know what? You need some more time. I mean, think about it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be 50 my birthday. I'll go ahead and tell you guys. Yeah. Look good for, for 49, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> hey, brother. It's that water. I'm trying to. The big, the big keg of water. The big keg of water. (laughs) Right. Or is it water? Or is it? That's the fountain of youth. (laughs) I better better package this thing. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But but here's the thing, man. Like, you know, we, I'm not really sure how long you guys been in the phase, but I know for me early on, dude, I, like I said, you know, I landed in church planning because I was working with the campus ministry. Then I became a youth pastor. Dude, that time when I was a youth pastor, I may have spoken on the main stage one time. If that, like, you know, none of none of the duties that I had in my first 10, 12, 15 years of ministry had anything to look like I was going to eventually have my own church. And so I'm saying it was just a grind. You know, you were doing all the hard work. You were doing the, you know, the, the cleaning of the toilets. You were doing, making the midnight, two in the morning, three in the morning airport run, you know, or <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. you were doing all the hard things. Yeah. And you were like, dude, is this what it is? I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> but it built something in me in terms of just building my character and shaping me to become a leader. And um I just think nowadays, man, guys just don't have those those moments where they're just being discipled in a real, you know, man, you man, you're yeah. preaching right here. I'm telling you. And I'm so, telling you. And, and so and so what happens is they're like, hey, I'm talented. I can speak. But they don't have anyone who's speaking over them and really shepherding them through some real hard seasons of their lives. And so ultimately, if you're pastoring, you're going to have to do that. Yeah. And if, mm-hmm. that, if you haven't developed those skills and no one has really poured into you in that way, 
Um, it's going to be super difficult. As a matter of fact, nearly impossible to lead effectively if you haven't been led effectively. And so, um, yeah, man, I just think the harder conversation, the, the earlier you can have those harder conversations, the better. Yeah, <laughs> lead yeah. The yeah, 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 absolutely. So what? Yeah. So so you've done. You spent a lot of time training guys in urban contexts. Um, you know, really, you know, pouring into them to prepare them to plant in urban context. We, uh, and we've got a couple of kind of urban contexts here in Little Rock, you know, for sure. And, uh, um, you know, Neil and I grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, we, we've got our own urban context. But one of the things we're seeing, particularly in the Delta, uh, we've got a ton of guys that, I mean, some of our best evangelists in the state are guys that don't have, lot of education but they love jesus and love talking about him right and they're all up and down the east side of the state in the delta and so we're trying to figure out ways to give them good training i don't we don't want to give them so much training it squelches right you know that evangelistic mm-hmm. passion mm-hmm. but there's some other areas they could really be, benefit from some leadership development and some you know pastoral you know development skills and so mm-hmm. so thinking about your urban context and this would translate really well to our delta context you know mm-hmm. taking guys that don't have seminary degrees that don't have bible college degrees and doing mm-hmm. training for them to help them be the best church planners they can be in their context what are some things that have really worked well for you in that and and maybe it's just some changing of some language some 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 tips that you know that help some guys in those those kind of urban yeah. delta contexts to, to yeah, 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 yeah. I think for us, and and that everything you just explained is exactly why the Heidi and, and the team, you know, built Boulevard yeah. as a training yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was really the, the real premise was, you know, kind of the way you described it. You know, guys who are indigenous to their context. This mm-hmm. is where they're born. This is where they're raised. They haven't gone off to school. They don't have the training. Yeah. You know. And so the the whole, I guess, premise is how do we make sure that, you know, we want them to get the disciple. I mean, our, we want them to get the theological training and have sound theology. We want to make sure that they understand what the field practice, how to actually mm-hmm. put into practice your theology. But for us, we said most of these guys don't even understand these terms. Yeah. Let's see how do we give them tools to create a discipleship culture in their context. Yep. So for us, there were some very intentional steps that we felt like and still feel like when you when it comes to those guys who did they 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 will probably forever and ever be at least two to three hours away. Unless it's online, they'll forever and ever be two or three hours away from the nearest seminary, the mm-hmm. sound or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whatever. Just because of locale and just geography. But what if we can make sure that they have the tools to create a culture of discipleship? And so when the Heidi oftentimes talks about um, when did we start a blueprint, you know, most people immediately think, okay, it was in 2009, 2010. But a lot of the things that he was doing was long before, you know, we even decided, he even decided to move to Atlanta. Exactly. And yeah. so for us, when it comes to training, we're saying, hey, if you can begin now to create a concept, create a culture of discipleship, where you're not just the only one making disciples, but you're making disciples make it type mm-hmm. and that doesn't look like just having starbucks coffee once a month with a couple of guys and going yeah. through wild and hard or whatever you're thinking, you know? <laughs> he said wild you know and saying? hard oh my god <laughs> you know i'm sorry yeah i want you to be a warrior exactly go climb mountains and and camp and nothing wrong with that. I think they had this dream. But, you know, these men need to know how to lead families well. These, these men, you know, need to know how to become fathers. These yeah. men need to know how to, you know, connect with their families and, you know, develop a real prayer, you know, um, culture in their homes. And You know what I mean? Like, how do we create that in such a way where, you know, this, this you know, 25, 26-year-old dude now understands what it takes for him to not just lead well his household, but to connect with the other guys who are just like him in his context to basically do the same. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it really is, here's some tools so that you can understand what it means to create a culture of discipleship. And so that's really what has been what's worked for us. Yeah. And we still see guys now, you know, they'll make a, you know, I jokingly say this to the audience, 
He probably hates it. So I'm like, guys still make their pilgrimage to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh-uh. And part of, it is, part of it is they want to see, okay, if this is what it looks like, not just from a Sunday morning standpoint, but this is what it looks like from a Michigan community. So they'll be able to get to see what a Michigan community looks like. They'll be able to sit and see what an elders meeting looks like. They'll be able to sit and see what a devotion looks like from a guy who's just leading his family that has no um, position or you know responsibility within the church. Giving them some real templates where they can look like look at and go back and say, hey, here's what we can do in our context. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to look identical, but it can look like you know what what works in their context. So yeah. I think I think tools more than anything else, man. Like practical live example kind of tools, not just a re- a, a book resource, but a, a you know a real life human who's actually doing it in their context. Yeah, yeah, really big key. Yeah. Well, I tell you, man, I, you know, we've, we've been blessed with some just amazing planters over the last 10 years in doing this. And, yeah. and, uh, and some of our best guys, they're, they're not coming out of the seminaries. Mm-mm. They're, you know, I think yeah. guys like Anthony Banks. You know, yeah, exactly. Dude, Banks yeah. over in, in Turrell, Arkansas, you know, eastern side, wow. small town Arkansas, eastern side of the state. It's about big as that room you're in right now. Yeah, I'm telling wow. you. Yeah. And, dude, he's just leading people to Jesus left and right. Has started his yeah. second church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Nate Smith, you know, up in mm-hmm. Wilson, northeast Arkansas. I mean, these guys, I love these guys because they're their whole goal and passion is to to get people to Jesus. Yeah. And they're surrounded yeah. by broken yeah. people. They have no fear in yeah. engaging those those folks. And man, I don't want to do any kind of training that's going to squelch that. We only want yeah. to enhance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh and so uh and their wives are very involved. I oh, mean, they're all in. It's man. you know, these, these are <laughs> incredible guys. But when you when you look at them on paper, okay, there's no seminaries, no Bible college. These these guys, mm-hmm. you know, don't fit the mold yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. of a typical mm-hmm. church planner. Mm-hmm. But, man, they're killing it. I mean, it's incredible. Yes, indeed. And uh, you, yes, you indeed. give me 10 more guys like each one of those guys, and man. we'll change this whole state. Look, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. Did you, how did you, like, navigate that? And this is kind of off the path a little bit, but how do you how did you navigate? So I, I uh, you know, don't tell anybody, but I didn't grow up Baptist, so – I, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you didn't either. You well, did, just not dude, Southern. Really? Baptist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of Baptist. Yeah, yeah. kind of Baptist. Yeah, I, you know, you heard of Anabaptist. I was kind of Baptist. Like <laughs> yeah, you didn't grow up Baptist. Yeah, Sam, you didn't. You no, didn't. indeed. Are you kidding? No, me? indeed. I grew up AME, brother. Dude, that's me, brother. After that's your what, Methodist Episcopal. Yes, sir. Yeah. Richard Allen, Richard Allen <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow. So okay, so this is a this is a very I had no idea out of all the talking we did, we didn't bring this up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. That's funny. Right. So here so here's the deal. So how did you when you started to veer off and do stuff cuz it's a little different. You weren't locked into <laughs> you weren't locked into the whole denominational whatever, you know, just yeah. all of that stuff. How did you handle yeah. that uh with breaking away from friends or did you just siphon your friends out of that environment and bring them with you? Yeah, you know, that that's a great question. I think partly by the time I um landed with the Baptist, Southern Baptist specifically, by the time I landed within the tribe, I had long been gone from AME. Okay. Partly because when I landed with the campus ministry, they were not the denominational church. I gotcha. And okay. so very charismatic. And so by the you know, by the time I left the plant where I was at served as a um, as a youth pastor, um, I wanted something that was a little more theological us. Um and plus, you know, my wife and I, my wife was fortunate enough to work at Andy Stanley's church for a number of years That's there right. in Alpharetta, yeah. North Point. And so a lot of their upbringing, or I shouldn't say upbringing, but beginning years were, of course, connected to his dad's church, which was a Southern Baptist church back in the day. So I had a lot of friends I had done ministry with, ministry with and, um, who were Southern Baptists, who basically were, um, kind of grew on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, what I'm saying? it's one of those things where they try to rub it off. And I was like, oh my God, I'm doing the type of now. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so, um, but yeah, it was a transition, man, that I think uh, was, was probably would have been a 
little bumpier had I still been as affiliated because um, the AME church I was a part of was heavily involved in ministry. And, you know, they didn't have the robust the- theology, but when it came to like after school and free lunch and, you know, being very um, socially justice kind of, you yeah. know, proponent, they were just big on being big in the community. So, um, yeah, I probably would have been, probably would have been a bumpier ride if I was still been that connected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. man, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, we're glad you, we're glad you're on our team. And, I know that's right. And uh, you know, oh, uh, excited to be on the team. Brother. Yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah. It's good right now. It's been it's it's been a fun journey yeah. over the last several years, and just some exciting things happening in church planting all over the country. And of course, we got friends yeah, in just about all the sin cities planting or or training yeah. planters or something, and. And, uh, you know, one of the things we're trying to do with our podcast this year is, is get to, to as many guys in Sin City, different Sin Cities as we can. And, yeah. uh, and just, man, just some common themes throughout all the, the Sin Cities, just all church planning, but some really unique things happening in different contexts that uh, we want everybody to know. And, uh, yeah. and so yeah. church planning yeah. is a grind. It, it is hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the yeah. name of the podcast. But, uh, man, I, I tell everybody all the time, I, I, I kind of borrowed the old army slogan that church planning is the toughest job you'll ever love. That's it. Uh, That's it. it's the hardest ministry you'll ever do outside being a missionary on foreign soil, but, mm-hmm. but it's one of the most rewarding. I mean, oh, you man. just get to see God yeah, move in ways that, uh, is only explained by God doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, That's it's right. just it. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just can't That's imagine right. doing anything else, man. Yeah. Uh, Likewise, just, just a blast. Hey, before we Likewise. move into rapid fire, uh, which are nonsensical questions, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could, so we got a ton of church planners listening to podcasts. We got quite a few pastors, established church pastors, even mm-hmm. quite a few youth pastors. For all our listeners who are passionate about church planning, whether they're pastoring, youth pastoring, whatever, they have great interest in church planning. If they're going to put up with our nonsense and <laughs> this right. podcast, you know, what, what would be one piece of advice you'd give? you know the the budding church planner in every listener you know if if you sense god is leading you to plan a church what's one great piece of advice maybe somebody gave you or that you've learned that you want to pass on you know to uh to other church planners yeah it's actually a combination of a quote that i remember reading out of paul david tripp's dangerous calling Mm. um and he said as shepherds we have to always remember that at the end of the day that we're sheep mm. and that, you know, even though you're leading people, you know, that you are also being led. Yeah. And I think having trying to figure out a configuration where that isn't just spiritually, but also like in the, in the natural, either you have a sending church, you're still a part of, part of some advisory board that still speaks into your life and kind of helps navigate certain things, you know, just, you know, trying to figure out and find the ways in which we can remain in postures of dependence, I think is, 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 is one of the things that for me has really just helped because I don't want to ever get to a point where I feel like even though I'm getting older that I'm above anyone still leading me, yeah. I'm above getting someone saying, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. And I'm not married to them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know, right. I get that all the time with her. Right. <laughs> but I, I would like for it to come from someone who doesn't live under our roof. Yeah. You yeah. know, basically thinking about the end and say, you know, it's more defined and more in tune, but it just, it's a posture. It's my posture of dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And, 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 cause I just know me. I, I know that I can, I can, you know, feel like, hey, I got enough wins under my belt. I can figure this thing out on my own. And yeah. It's just human nature. We all can get in that posture of independence. And so how how can I, or we as church planters, those of us who are, you know, privileged to embrace this call to lead God's people, you know, how can we continue to create that very thing that we want to see in this? And so, um, and the other thing, the other, the other thing I, w- I would say is, and it kind of goes in sync with this, is, you know, always remain, you know, kind of this posture of being a sheep, but also this posture of just being a missionary. Mm-hmm. I love how you guys were talking about the, the gentlemen, that they love sharing Jesus, mm-hmm. that they, they're excited about. They don't have no fear. But these dudes are missionaries. They, right. they, they get 
fact that there is a mission yeah. that's bigger than her egos and bigger than, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so I, I, I do think that, that that posture, being a missionary, you know, um, and allowing that to lead uh, the win we celebrate, yeah. you know, the win of seeing people come to faith, the win of seeing people grow in their faith. Um, I feel like right now, um, to some degree, and again, this is just Sam talking here, I feel like to some degree, especially American churches, we've been celebrating Sunday morning wins, we've been celebrating conference speaker wins, we've been celebrating platforms, but we haven't really done enough due diligence of reminding those of, hey man, it's about seeing people come to faith, seeing them baptized, seeing them in positions where they're growing in their faith, and going out and doing the very same thing that brought them in. So, yeah, I just, you know, never losing sight of that at the end of the day, we're missionaries, sheep. You know, yeah. we, we need our a great shepherd. You know? That's real good. That's awesome, man. That's good. Great, great word. So planters, pastors, Youth pastors, it doesn't matter where you are in ministry, that's a word for you. That's it. Right there. Uh, yeah. you, you never yeah. get to the point where you're not also being led. Yeah. You know, yeah. While, while you're leading. Great word, man. That's yeah. awesome. Missionary sheep. That's right. <laughs> Dude, that's a book. That yeah. is. That, that is. That's, that's a book, book title right <laughs> yeah, there. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. So yeah, now, now we're at the phase in the journey where we might get a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we hadn't done that oh, yet. Wait a yeah. Wait a this has been serious. Up yeah, to this that's point. the serious part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on, cause hey, the ride's gonna get kind of yeah, bumpy. No, man, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. We, there's a lot of jokes about our introductions and and how goofy they are and how long they are before we ever get to the conversation. Yeah, we held off today. We, we did. Just, it yeah, wasn't bad. Yeah, it, it was pretty quick. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah Nick yeah. will be proud. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. he's mentioned it before. Yeah, he oh, has. Yeah. yeah, until uh, the closeted remark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and say that in so many places he won't he be able to edit, edit it, it out. out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hey, tell, tell him, I might have another 18-year-old who might just show up on the screen again. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Never get ready. You never know when it comes to step two. That's right. That's right. Well, that's kind of the way we are, too. There you so, go. Yeah. For real. So, anyway. All right. So, Serious, okay. serious. <laughs> There's the a serious face that is comical. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's, uh, what, what's top one or two books that have had the most impact on you? Top one or two. Uh, the most impact? Um, wow. I'm thinking about a couple of I'm trying to go all the way back in time. I'm thinking about like The Invisible Man or Rap Ellison. Um, oh, we. Yeah. Those are black folks, W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, probably, you know what? The most recent one is it's probably been the one that I just mentioned by Paul David Tripp. Um, yeah. Um, dangerous know, Calling. Dangerous Calling, yeah. That that one, especially as I started taking steps towards planting. Yeah. Um, you know, being sent out of um, Blueprint. Yeah, this stuff. Uh, that's a wow. gr- that's a great one though. I, I love trips. When you book. quoted it, man, Dave just lit up. Yeah, he man. lit up. Yeah, that, that was a great. <laughs> yeah, Paul Tripp is my guy, man. I love that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, greatest strength. What is it? Greatest strength and weakness. Weakness. Greatest strength. Greatest weakness. Greatest strength probably is. Um, don't meet strangers. You know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like I can relate to anybody. Weakness, you don't want me administrating nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. no administrative yeah, yeah. None. Yeah. None. Like, it would take me, like, hours to try to think through something on a spreadsheet or something like that. And meanwhile, my you know wife would come and look at it and be like, in 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm like I'm not administrative at all. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, you are in great company here. Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, <laughs> that process. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. But see, I married. Yeah. I married yeah. the assistant Holy Spirit. So yeah. I, you know, me too. That, yeah. Yes. There's so a I, bunch of them out I, there. That's right. Some yeah, stuff I don't worry about. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, my wife is the organized one in our family too. And man. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she is notorious for her checklists. On Dude. everything. Okay, and, so uh, my wife has a, well, she's cut it down to eight pages. 
So there was an eight page booklet that she would hand to babysitters before we would go out. Eight, eight pages. pages. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the edited version. Yeah, yeah. Eight pages. Wow. Dude, I'm like, baby, I love you, but I, you know, by the time they finish reading it, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Date's over. <laughs> Date's over. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I didn't get to do anything. I'm on page seven and a half. Yeah. You know, y'all yeah. coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that ain't me. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That eight is pages. Awesome. Aaron, I hope you're listening to <laughs> this. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, yeah, she's on don't, me. Don't all kill the time. Neil. She's on me yeah. all of the time. That's about, right. Yeah, for um, real. Oh, goodness. Uh, uh, All right. Uh, favorite pastime or hobby? Pastime or hobby? Oh, uh, wow. Spending time with family. I guess I was supposed to say that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, here I'm talking about past, you know, pastors and living with your family. Yeah, but spending time with family, you know, there was a season where, you know, my wife was on one, you know, track. I was on another track. We were both working in the same church, total different tracks, man. And so, I think I think our time has been really sweet, you know, in this season. So definitely spending time with family. Um, she would say one of my hobbies, and I wholeheartedly agree with it, is getting on her nerves. That's every man's hobby. You know what I'm saying? You know, hey, that's skill in. development. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> skill <laughs> development. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, but I'm also a guy, man. I, I love you know trying to work out and stay healthy. And, you know, I used to. I, I my wife and I we moved back to San Diego about a year ago, and um, and while I was out there, man, I I would be on my bike, man, like week. And so that's probably one hobby that I put down that I need to put back up. Now I'm back in Charlotte. Um, nowhere near as many bike trails here. Yeah. Nowhere near. But uh, but that's something I miss. I need to put back up. Yeah. So, cool. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite movie? Oh, man. I'm a trilogy guy, man. So I probably got to go with the Godfather, dude. I, oh, I mean, I, hey. Wow. There you go. God, yeah. At, at least the first two. The third one was like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Times, but it didn't it didn't hit like the first two. The first two I can literally watch right now, wherever they are in the movie, and just watch it until the end. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean that's how, that's how much I love, and and it's probably not the ideal thing to say when you're on a church wedding <laughs> podcast. <laughs> something about the mafia that I'm really yeah. drawn yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. thing to say. That's what so, church planners uh, are: is the Baptist mafia. Yeah, that, so, there you go. Uh, that's dude, it. I'm telling you, like, we are, real. man. Yeah. You never know. That's right. Well, I made some of the men in our church watch American Gangster with Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. And talked about evangelism <laughs> and, and church systems. Yeah. 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 Hey, man. Yeah. I'm just saying. I yeah. can find an illustration anywhere in America. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just saying. There you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, I tell people my, my first favorite movie is is monty python the holy grail because i'm an idiot and i like silly stuff <laughs> yes, but my second is yes, shawshank yes. redemption dude and that's it. and Man. so so there's a lot of church planning principles in a prison movie a lot <laughs> a lot yeah. there you go so gangsters yeah. to prison you know, it's just, yeah. you know, same thing we're, we're right there. same thing yeah, yeah that's right there you go uh, oh, yeah. Last one. You can't miss with either one of those. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You can't miss with either one of those. Yeah. So, so favorite band or musician? Oh, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a jazz guy. Mm, so okay. I probably, I got like two or three that I just listen to, man, anytime. Like a Miles Davis. I'll listen to a, you know, feel on this month. These are guys, unless you're a jazz head. Oh, yeah. dude. Well, absolutely. Little Coltrane. You know, John Coltrane. Coltrane, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so that, man. You so, deep. So those, those, yeah, those are my, those are my, um, those are my trinity, man. Those, those, those three, I, I'll listen to any time of the day, man. See, and I go, yeah. I go the guitar route with jazz with Al Demiola, yeah. Pat yeah. Metheny, yeah. uh John McLaughlin, yeah. uh, those guys, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, so yeah. good, Absolutely. so good. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Good. Yeah, yeah good. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Oh, Dave said Pat yeah. Metheny. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, that dude. 
incredible. I'm impressed. My, uh, awesome. my theology professor from college, and then I was a graduate assistant for him at Southwestern when I was there. Okay. He was a huge Pat Metheny fan. Really? And played guitar really? very well. I mean, Dr. Holloway really? is a great guitar player, but he's the one that introduced me to Pat Metheny because I've, I've been a rocker, metalhead my whole life. And, yeah, and yeah. he's the one that introduced me to what, you know, how amazing jazz guitarists were. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, I, and it went from Matheny to McLaughlin to Al DiMiola to all those guys. And, and uh, yeah, I've been wow. fans. So, hey, I can wow. talk music, man. I, it's yeah, across Dave, the board. Yeah, Dave can yeah. lay it out for you, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm a big music junkie. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, now, some of the stuff you say, I have no idea <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm with you right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start talking about Striper and all of those. Yeah. 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 I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah Matheny, man. You, yeah, you, we can start you on a little West Montgomery, man. You know, you mentioned the old guitar. Okay. Man. West, Montgomery. West Montgomery. Man. Okay. Yeah, West Montgomery. He's an old school cat, man. Yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant cat, man. He passed. So, yeah, I. I'll listen to him as well, brother. Okay. Well, and I love, I'll tell you, I, I don't know that there are any better drummers on the planet than jazz drummers, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you talk yeah. about skill. playing with yeah. Phil and Groove and <clears throat> Skill. Those guys, it yeah. doesn't, because yeah. jazz musicians, all their improvisation, you never know where they're going to go. Right. Never and know guys where they're going. that can ride yep. that train and, and stay yep. in the pocket, man, just yep. oh, so And they good. come out right on it. My yep. uh, my so nephew is a, is a drummer, man. He went to Berkeley School of Music. Yeah. So he's a yep. studio guy. Wow. Well, he moved to New York City, so he's a, uh, yeah. So see, yeah. all the guys wow. I listen to that you don't know anything about, half yeah. of them went to Berkeley. Well, that's what he was telling me. Berkeley. That's what he was yeah. telling me. He was like, people that you, he said, just flip over. Well, now you got to, you know, look at it online. But yeah. you flip over an album cover. All those folks, Berkeley. Berkeley. I'm telling Berkeley. you, man, that music school in New York is. is it is top notch. It is. It's yeah. tops. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'm going to see this band called Dream Theater, which is my favorite band. One of those bands that okay. I talked yeah, about no you didn't know anything yeah. about. So yeah. their drummer, uh, their former drummer and their existing drummer are both graduates of Berkeley. And then Mike Mangini, who's their current drummer, is an, yeah. has been an instructor there and holds the world record for the most uh, drum hits in a minute as on a snare. I mean, it's what? lightning quick, fast drummer. And, uh, but he was an instructor at Berkeley. That name sounds for me. Yeah. Uh, Tyler may have mentioned him too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, Man. Yeah, wow. incredible. Wow. I mean, these guys are – you just – I stand and watch these guys because they have a lot of jazz influence in their music, progressive yeah. rock stuff. And I sit there and watch those guys play. I'm like, okay, how in the world did they just do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. And all of those guys and the talent they have, man. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, listen, man. man I, you know what? It's been uh, it's been a couple of months. Uh, I talked to you a couple of months ago, man. I really appreciate you coming, man. Th yes, been, thank been you. So hanging much. with us. Come on, man. You guys, listen. I'm gonna tell you. The minute you said, "Hey, can we do it?" On this date, I was like, "Sign me up." I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, man. I, I mean, just, just the, the, and you guys know this, man. The world of church planning, man, it's big for us, but it's so microscopic, crumb size for most people who have no real, you know, yeah. understanding or exposure yeah. to it. Yeah. So anytime I can connect with guys who, who who come from the same cloth and get it. Brother, trust me, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're the same sign way. Me up. That's I cool. appreciate the opportunity, yeah. brother. No doubt. Yeah. Same way. Indeed. Well, dude, thanks so much. And man, we got to hook up and get together and hang out. For real. Uh, dude, Looking that would be so yeah. much fun. I think I think yeah. uh, I'm coming to Nam uh, in September for a it's a some kind of big church planning gathering. Tim Wheat's putting it on or whatever. I don't know if you're going to be there for that. Uh, I don't think so. I think yeah, my wife and I are going out of the country towards the end of the year, end of the month, end of the month of September. Okay. So I think that the thing that you're talking about, I think we're already be gone. Okay. So All right. Build mm. leader summit or something. Or? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And so. Yeah, I think we're gonna be out there. Yeah, well, man, I was kind of. Yeah, we got to, we got to. Well, Neil's been singing yeah. your praises for a while, and Tell I thought, man, man, I got to meet this guy, and, and yeah, uh, it was Neil's not all guy. hype. It was no. not all hype. Yeah, I'm telling so, you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I typically I, don't sing. I'm paying that brother well. <laughs> 
that's right. Yeah, that's hey, right. and man, and the, all the checks have cleared, so I thank you. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, school's about to start and back. There so, you go. You know. Yeah, and my son say thanks exactly. yeah, for that's the brand right. new backpacks. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, well, Sam, man. thanks so much, man, and I look forward to hooking up Anytime. with you again later. And uh, likewise, likewise, and, and feel free to hit me up, man. You guys got my cell, man. Feel free to hit me up anytime. Bro. Absolutely, Will absolutely. Do. Thanks, man. All right, have a great one, guys. That's all for this episode of The Grind. Make sure to sign up for The Grind email newsletter for all the latest news, articles, and book recommendations by going to absc.org slash thegrindnewsletter. If you like what you hear, rate and review us, and make sure to share this episode with your friends. Until next time, keep grinding.